Welcome, honey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my first podcast. Okay, so I'm Jeannie Mai, and you probably came because you know me, or you don't, and you just came into my show because you thought, what a dope title for a podcast. I don't know what honey means, but when you say it, you all of a sudden just have this accent that's like, listen, honey. And that's why I decided to name this my podcast. Jeannie Mai, I'm from the Bay. I have been doing television and being an entertainer for about 15 years, so you might know me from my daytime talk show or that you liked an outfit on the gram, or you might also know me because of my mom, who happens to be way more famous, and I agree, way more dope than I am because she's just, no, she's not way more dope. She's just really unexpected. I went to my friend's house to decoration on the dining room with a big flower. I cut it. I took one this piece is, of it. This is her decorations of a tree from her house? Yes, I did take it. Did she know that you cut her tree? No, she doesn't know. You yes. can't cut things from people's houses. And that's why she's one of my favorite people in the world. But if you don't know me, I decided to do a podcast because I like deep, introspective conversation. And I feel like our world is so caught up in small, micro convos that you don't get the rest of the story. I like deeper thought into things. And I read this quote by Eckhart Tolle that really just sums up where I'm at in my life right now. He said, rather than being your thoughts and emotions, be the awareness behind them. I've never been aware of the reason behind things my whole life. When I was younger, I was always like, oh, I want to dress really cool. So I got really caught up in like the outfits I'd wear, the colors I'd wear. When I got into friends, I'd be like, I really like you. Let's go balls to the wall and learn how to ollie off our skateboards or go Hell's Angels and, you know, break our necks on our BMXs or break my leg on a Vespa like I did when I was 16 in Hawaii. I was always in the moment, which I don't think is a bad thing. That's what made me so, like, no give fucks given type life today. But now as I've turned 40, yes, I'm 40. It's so grown up. I love it. I think that's why, like, I have this dear diary moment with everything I'm doing now. Now that I'm 40, I'm just really getting more comfortable with who I am. And then I'm actually more interested in why am I this way like when I meet people who are so interesting because they like to eat their food a certain way or they get really angry about something that doesn't really matter I'm like wait stop what makes what triggers you there what what comes from behind that and so it's making me realize I've taken a shift in my personality to now be more thoughtful about why do we think the way we do why do we love the way we do why don't we love the way we do why were we walled up the way we are and I just wonder if we were a little bit more thoughtful about why we are the way we are, would it change us to see each other differently and make us love differently and maybe enjoy life in a more deeper way? What I really want on my podcast is I want to learn from other people. I think it's dope that I'm blessed in Hollywood where I have celebrity friends and stuff. Like I've got a good number of people on my Instagram follows that are like blue check marked. But I also want to learn about people who have interesting jobs that I never normally get to sit next to on a subway. Like I really want to have a sex therapist on this show and I want to understand how many fucking women have that secret little like G spot that I have not quite figured it out, but it'll make you squirt. And I think I've done it, but I'm still not sure if that was like a pee or that was like a real squirt. Or I also want to know like when guys go limp or when guys are limp before you have sex, like does that mean that they're not interested or is that something that just really happens and they have no control over Because that's something you hear, right? I also want to talk to um, divorce divorce lawyers. When I went through my divorce, I was so caught up in the moment 
And I was very emotional every fucking day about like what news I was going to hear next because homie was changing by the day. And I don't know what was going on in his world, but I learned so many lessons. I have so many tips that I wish I learned before I got divorced because there are so many crucial steps to take before you end up in that place with this person where they go into their boxing ring and they talk to their coach and they're told things that you never needed to consider. But now here you are because you have to protect yourself in divorce, but you didn't need to protect yourself when you decided to divorce. You decided to protect each other by choosing to divorce and having a better life, not money and and what you're saying to people and the division of the shit in your house. Like it's just so many lessons. But I remember walking out of my divorce and I was like, wow, the woman who held me down through it has been doing divorce cases for 25 years and she's no, she's married 25 years. I think she's been doing it for 20 years. I want to hear from her. Like, what the hell would she say? She could probably write a book now about how to not end up in divorce. And what are those red flags that he might say when you're dating where you're like, that ain't the one, boo. He's got some places to learn, you know? So on my show, I'm excited to line up people with interesting insight and educated perspectives so I can learn. I want to talk to sex therapists, like I said. I want to talk to escorts, professional escorts, and learn how do you manage your job like if somebody fucking strokes my neck the right way like or or says something super thought provocative to me provoke provocative to me immediately like they're a candidate to date how do you turn off all those sensories so that you really just do your job and you don't get caught up in the relationship with the person or does it damage you by singeing some of those areas that are super sensitive that you need to have in your life and you risk that all to get paid a really dope amount to give head you know which is also really interesting by the way i also want to learn like the do's and don'ts with giving head because I've, I've had people who actually don't mind a little bit of a soft tickle of a teeth. You know, a teeth. Can you say a teeth? A tooth. But it's never just one tooth. When you're giving head and you get like a row of teeth, you can't separate your, just your incisor. <laughs> is it incisor or incisor? That was Marav. Marav is my amazing assistant. She's over here like holding it down because she's got questions that I want to bring up that I've asked my fans in a little bit, but she's also mic'd, so. And trying to hold it together. I'm trying to hold it together as I pick off little pieces on my mic that I just ate. Okay, anyway, um, so so what up, Marav? If you have a thought, please throw it in. But really, um, this podcast is going to be me in my head, so either you're down with me or you're not when it comes to what's going on in my head, but I can promise you when you log off of my, do you log off of a podcast? When you turn off my podcast, you're going to learn something deeper about yourself you're going to have a different perspective about something that you already thought you knew before I promise this and you're also going to be entertained I also really want to make this particular first episode about my fans I have such a dope network of fans I call them my fam because I feel like a fan is somebody who might hang up a picture of somebody on like the top of their ceiling and whack off to it which is fine <laughs> I don't mind being that at 40 if I can still be that for somebody dope or you also might be a fan just because I said something one time and it resonated with you. Or you might be a fan because I went through something and you're like, yo, I want to go through that too and be there where she is right now. Or you might not be a fan and you just tuned in because you stumbled upon me. But again, because of those three points that you're either going to learn something about yourself or learn something different about your perspective. Dope. You decide to tune in next time. I want to be really authentic on my podcast that the things that I'm afraid of, I'm going to be very expressive about, but I'm not gonna sit there in my fear. I'm gonna go find the person who can help me see something about it and understand why am I afraid to love super open like a kid does, like those kids that like run up to, to you when you open your arms and wanna hug you, but you have to 
you know, you can't be that way today because you can't just go running up to strangers and hug them. But I am kind of naturally that person inside of me. But then, oh, wait, I got molested when I was nine till I was 14. So that might have something to do with it. And how do I not, how do I not bring that into that to the majorly healthy relationship that I'm in right now? And how do I heal those things? So I'm not still chilling with those fears at 50 because we're not spending the rest of my life like this. And how do I tell somebody else out there who might be dealing with it at 20 so that you live the rest of your life not waiting to figure it out like I did by 40? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's important to me. And a lot of your fans actually want to know about that and about how you deal with your fear. Which is fear. crazy. So it's, 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 a common, it's a common interest. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember this quote in the Bible. Now, when I quote things in the Bible, I want you to realize that I have... The New Testament, I'm not reading that shit about not dyeing your hair and not wearing buttons or whatever the hell. No, that's Amish people. Not dyeing your hair is the Old Testament. But I'm reading the new version and it's the teenage version. So it's definitely watered down. So the words like I understand. Right. So I remember in the Bible, it it said something about the power of confession, like the confession of your tongue. And I read that and I was like, oh, so does this mean we just walk around and confess everything you've done bad? Because I don't know a real person that's going to do that. But as I got older, I learned, no, what the Bible is telling us is not to think about everything you have to confess and live in fear of having to just be a, a good person and what you've done bad and confess that. No, the power of confession of your tongue is when you say something, there's power in the action of it rolling off of your mouth. It actually also, there's a power in saying things that'll trap you to be contained in categories you put yourself in. Like I used to say all the time, like, I'm always late. I'm always just that girl that's going to be late. And guess what? I still am today. But when I realized and, and that I don't want to be that girl because it shows disrespect to people I love around me. And I said, you know what? I'm really working on my time to respect other people's time. I started being more on time. And in fact, I started, you know, putting I put that in Marav's head, my assistant. Like that was my first number one goal is I want to be on time to honor other people's time. And that started happening. But that was a confession of my tongue that made me come to that I also want to take a step even behind that like my Eckhart Tolle quote and like be aware of like why are you always late well real talk because I thought I was that shit and I didn't have to be on time I really was disrespectful I really was like they can wait which is so uncool you know um and it doesn't help you either is what I think you also were learning because you would be pressed for time. Yeah. And then I just look bad. I just look bad to other people and you give them every perception of and that's a light thing you know like also, when you say, like, I'm fat, oh, I'm so fat. Yeah, you probably look and carry yourself as a fat person because you're walking and you're putting your body in that mind frame. And so when you actually say, like, I'm thick, I got some curves, yes. You know, I got some pushing for the cushion, cushion for the pushing. Th- things like that are so much different. Your perspective, the awareness behind what you say is so important. I want to get deep into that, too, with my podcast. What's the quote, Marav? Uh, what you confess with your mouth shall come to pass, I believe. That- what you confess with your mouth shall come, shall to, come pass, to pass, which is what you're just saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it actually, when you confess anything with your mouth, you process it and you actually give it life. And so I just want to be so, I want my fans who listen to my podcast to be so woke about the thoughts before they come out of your mouth because what you say is going to ultimately be where you are in your life or what you are getting through in your life. And so- I just want to get to that place where we are in control of what we think so that when it comes out, it actually is already in action towards where you want to go. Right. And you're not avoiding it because you're letting it out. Yeah. And that's like one of the most healing things you can do. Totally. Totally. 
That being said, this episode is for my fans. Either you know me or you don't. My fam members. I notice whenever I post a book club post or I say something on the reel, I get an influx of amazing, deep, thoughtful questions that I don't get to answer because you're deep in my DMs. And I also have like dick pics and like people from prison sending me stuff because they got like a Wi-Fi card or something for like an hour. So I want to spend this podcast today on giving super thoughtful attention to my fans out there. I asked a question on my Instagram story. And I said, if you could ask me anything, what would it be? Yo, the questions I got, Marav, how crazy. They're still coming in now, the answers and the questions. The questions I got are insane. And so I'm so happy that I have this uninterrupted time to be able to answer those questions. But first, I do have to have a break. Honestly, I have to go pee. And also, I want to make sure my amazing sponsors get their moment in because I'm going to have dope sponsors that actually are going to be selling or introducing things that you need to have in your life. So pause. I'm going to go pee. You're going to stay right there. I'll be coming back with an empty bladder and we're going to do this. Listen, honey, it's Jeannie Mai here with my first day podcast. By the way, I have my first day podcast school outfit. I've always wanted a job where I work and wear pajamas. I've only heard that like voiceover artists can do that or phone sex um, operators. But today I decided to wear my fashionable pajamas at my first podcast day so that I'm fulfilling and crossing that off my list. I'm excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Marav. And... I'm also very excited about this next portion where I get to talk to my fam, my family out there, my people. Um, I asked a question on my Instagram story, what would you ask me if you had the chance? And I got the dopest question. So me and Marav sifted through a ton of questions to find the ones that I really want to answer right now. So I'm not going to read, obviously, the handle of the person, um, but I like making up names. So how about we do this one from Sequisha? Because I feel like Sequisha... Like sounds like a sexual that queef part. It's yeah, not queef. It's, it's like queef. It's, it's like, like a, a classy queef. It's like a cla- it's like a sensual. Mm, yeah, because yeah. I don't know if a queef's ever classy, but it could be more sensual than sounding farty. Queef sounds farty. Right, right. Queef is like more of like it's an ooze, and it's like like a quiche. So it almost sounds appetizing. So it actually sounds like it could be delectable. Yes. When can a queef be delectable? We're reinventing the queef. When you queef. Yes, girl. Okay. Okay, so first question. Remind us the name of our uh... Sequisha. Yes. What up, girl? Thanks for hitting me up. (laughs) Uh, Sequisha wants to know, how did you know you were ready for a divorce? Okay, Sequish, if you're in a relationship, I hope this really helps you because I wish I knew this then. But I knew I was ready for a divorce. I'll tell you the symptoms and then I'll tell you what it was that made me realize it. The symptoms was that I was in a marriage where I felt disconnected. I felt like we weren't united in the same passion in life. I felt that I was living in a home where it became kind of like I was with my roommate or a great friend, which is not my ideal marriage, which means I want to say you have to define for yourself what marriage means to you. Not everybody wants what I'm about to describe. So that's cool. But you got to decide what it is because I learned one very wise advice that was actually from my business advisor that actually works in relationships because marriage is kind of like a business. Two partners coming together to build out a vision plan. You know, when two people come from different expectations, it will never work out. You have to have matched expectations. You have to have matched intentions. Um, Being happy is not enough. 
you need some roots to really embed what does that mean. If somebody expected to be sleeping with the person every single day of their life and you're like, when I have great time concentrated for you so that, you know, I'm not distracted and I can make love to you, then those are two things you got to match up. I'm just picking something really basic. But for me, when I was married, I found that we started to live in a roommate situation. He had passions that I wasn't passionate about. He didn't really care about my work. And so I learned that not only was I ready for divorce, but I also learned that in marriage, you have to have something that you nurture together. And that's why I think two people usually have kids. Raising a human being and raising a life is so dope. I did. I had chosen in this marriage to not have kids. So we needed something else to unite our passions. When I actually got divorced, I used the comparison um, of what two trees do in order to explain to the whole audience of millions of people out there why we ended up getting divorced. Because I felt like it was the best visual. And it's called inosculation. When two trees are planted next to each other, yo, they do this dope thing where they inosculate. The roots beneath the earth start to intertwine and they actually start to become one as they reach out towards each other. And when they become one, they pull double the nutrients from the ground and they have double the strength and double the lifespan in these two trees that essentially become one, but you can still clearly see they're two big ass separate trees. So what I love from that analogy is I'm not telling you to become one. I don't want you to lose your identity. I don't want you to depend on this other person where you can't breathe without them although it could feel that way which is really cool but what I'm saying is the two trees need to double their strength and their power and their understanding for each other because the other person motivates you and inspires you to do more than just you on your own and they also make you understand there's so much more of a richer perspective in love when you have another person to have a very healthy relationship with. I wasn't doing that with mine. I was growing like a motherfucking tree on my own. I was dope on my own. My career exploded because I put so much that I could have had in my marriage into my career, which is great. I ended up fine. I'm, I'm, I'm great here. But I didn't want a marriage where we both were exceeding in our personal lives, but not together because then you shouldn't be married. You should be friends. So I think that in your marriage or when you start dating, look for roots. Look for what can I join forces with you that you couldn't do on your own without me and that I couldn't find to do on my own without you. What is your value to each other? And from there, you can start to inosculate and become a really dope, healthy marriage where you redefine love in your own ways. What's another question? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, this person, is it a male or female? Can you tell from the name? Um, Let's see. From this name... Uh, it's female. Female. I say we should call her um, Pammy. Because I think Pam is, Pam kind of makes me picture like person who's vanilla. I'm not saying white. I'm just saying vanilla. Like the flavor. Like you don't get a flavor. You just get vanilla. And neutral. she's Yeah, she's neutral. And she probably wears like Birkenstocks and like doesn't have an opinion this way or the other. But Pammy sounds like, hey, she's a good time. You want Pammy at the club with you. <laughs> Pammy sounds comfy too. Yeah, she sounds comfy. Like mm-hmm. she'd be there to like with a great word of advice or like she probably right. figured out a new chocolate chip cookie from recipe from Pinterest. You can trust a Pammy. Pammy's Pammy. going to make great cookies. Right. Pammy's, yeah. Pammy's going to use Pam when her cookies. Oh. <laughs> Do we use no, Pam? No, actually we want butter. No, we want butter. <laughs> yeah, we want salted butter. Never mind. What the fuck is wrong with people who buy unsalted butter, by the way? I, I hate to just say this really quick, but I had pancakes yesterday and somebody brought me a stick of unsalted butter. They actually bought the wow. whole pack, which means now you're stuck with like nine bars of unsalted butter. 
When in your life do you ever need unsalted butter? It doesn't do anything. I get it if you bake, but like, but who bakes? I mean, not me. Like a one in fifty thousand. You have butter to like, butter your toast and to add to yeah. like your rice and do cool things. And with you salt. need salt. You need the salt. Okay. Sorry to rag on all you people. Who, so what's Pammy got for us today? Then? Um, Pammy is wondering, you know, something that actually a lot of other people are wondering, which has to do with you know your career and confidence. Um, she asks. What advice could you give me as I'm trying to pursue my career a little later in life? As you've said before, when you turn 30, you get a new confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm just now there. Mm. Now it feels like it's my time to shine. I would love your advice. Congratulations on turning 30. The dirty 30. I think they say the dirty 30, by the way, because the beautiful thing that you just noted when you change into 30 is your confidence starts to not care. Meaning... When I turn 30, all of a sudden, and it's very different from 40, because 40 gets a double, no, a quadruple sequishing of it, to be honest with you. Can I use another person's name in the quishing? I, I think I'm empowering her. I'm empowering her. Okay, great. So, yeah, 40 is a whole nother quish on top of the whole thing. But I do want to say for 30, all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I just survived my 20s, whatever that was. Bad relationships, you know, getting through college, if that's what you decided, or figuring out what your journey should be in a career path. So you might have had just a few first time jobs, whatever 30s was, it gives you some balls to be like, yo, I got through that. I did this. Now I'm at 30 and your body and your mind all of a sudden steps into a I don't give a fuck mode. And why that happens to be a very confident take is because we are in a world and especially as a woman where you just really care about what other people think. Self-consciousness. Yes. You're just like, oh, did I say too much? Is this skirt too tight on me? Are my thighs too thick together? Like, whatever it is, you think about those things in your 20s and your adolescent years. And thanks to those amazing kids called, you know, those school kids on the yard. Like, they remind you of that fucking ear that droops a little lower than the other one. Or your bunion. Thanks, Marcus fucking Lua, the guy who showed me that I had a bunion. I've got two. You've got two? Yeah, hell. It's bad. I can't wear heels. Do they knock together when you match your feet up? Because I have one, so at least I have a little like puzzle piece. No, it's a problem in yoga. Oh, why yoga? Because I can't put my feet together when you do mountain pose. They just there's a gap. It's ugly. Anyways, (laughs) I'm I'm like mad at you. I'm mad at you for giving me that visual because I don't even know what a mountain pose is. But I pictured your ass in the air, but you looking at your toes. And now I'm having to look at your toes with your mouth. Well, luckily I'm wearing socks right now. So okay, got it. Well, so so Pammy, what I'm going to tell you is this: Congratulations on turning 30. I, I literally right now, as you're listening to this, I want you to just close your eyes for a second, and I want you to think about every goddamn awesome thing that you went through in your life to get you to have the opinion you have today whether it was the relationship that you survived the bully that you told to fuck off that you or you're about to in your head right now the um, weight gain or weight loss that you experienced the moving out of your house the decision to actually sit there and write me such a thoughtful question like this all the things that you went through that describes who Pammy is today I want you to sit there and actually, with your eyes closed, smile and give yourself the tightest hug. You can do it emotionally, but if you don't feel so dumb, I would do it. Just, I'm doing it right now. Just literally put your arms around yourself and hug yourself. You can feel my arms. I'm not doing the church hug where I'm like, 
You good? I'm like, bitch, come in here. <laughs> oh my God. Hug yourself for getting that far because those amazing little milestones made you who you are today. So now get ready because your 30s is going to be where now your mind is kicked into a gear where you don't care as much. And that's going to be your superpower. Because now you're going to tune up Pammy and you're going to tune down the dumb fucks out there. And this is where your confidence begins. I heard this this quote one time and I loved it. It said, confidence begins when you own your insecurities. Yo, listen to that, man. When you start to own the fact that you say awkward shit in, in, in small groups or you really like weird nerdy things like, I don't know. Picking at your toenails or knitting. I don't know if that's nerdy. nerdy. (laughs) Is that nerdy? I don't know. Or or for me, nerdy would be I love reading like the back of boxes and ingredients of stuff. I just love doing that at Whole Foods. I'm sitting there constantly reading the back of ingredients and learning like how many ways people can describe something that's not supposed to be in your body and how many ingredients actually should be in peanut butter. Like peanut butter should be just peanuts, oil, and salt. Go read the back of a Jiffy's. Oh my fucking God. It like blows your mind away. There's like over 50 ingredients of things that you can't describe. But it's supposed to be just peanuts, oil, and salt. It tastes so good. I know. Right. Doesn't? Danger. So anyway, my point is, Pammy, you've got to really, really embrace all the things that you went through. And then start to fucking figure out one joke. One joke for everything that was embarrassing for you. The guy you dated, the the whack dude that you chose, the weird outfit you wore, the um, part of your body that you don't like. For me, it's Paul, my bunion. I've named him Paul Bunyan because he's going to be there with me there with me for life. So until I personify him, we're just going to keep. I'm going to be uncomfortable whenever I like get undressed in front of people. I like kind of put my left foot over my right. No, fuck you, dude. That's Paul, and he has a voice. So I'm just saying, like, make a joke about every single thing that you've been through that you're embarrassed about. Even if, like, let's say, for example, like, um. I don't know, like, like you made a really bad um, choice in life, and it was public. I mean, guess I'm speaking well, okay. about myself. But what like, about like perioding, perioding in your clothes at work? Oh yeah, perfect. Then you got to be the first to make fun of yourself. Yep. Own you before they do. I have this um, YouTube channel called Hello Honey. Not related at all to listen, honey. But in Hello Honey, I talk about my life experiences and the whole thesis of my my. I didn't go to college. I actually don't know what a thesis is, but I think it's like the point of it. The point of my YouTube channel is to own you before they do. The moment you own whatever you like or don't like about you, your confidence begins and they don't have the power to call you out. That's what you want in life, essentially. You don't want somebody to call call you out. If you have an issue with, um, if you have an, if you, if you're insecure in bed, the moment you meet a relationship where you can actually be real about that and say, like, I need to relearn intimacy and I'm excited to do that with you. So let's take this step by step and have a really exploratory time with our, each other's body and make this hot as fuck. That just made it way more confident than like, I'm not going to say anything, but I really am insecure in sex and I don't know what to do. So you're going to feel a weird, weird cold clam you're making love to tonight. That's not the way to go. Own you before they do. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's 20s, the clam way. You the know? clam way was the 20s. Yeah. Yes. You're entering 30, which means now you get to prioritize yourself. Totally. You saying. probably fucking gave your clam to a bunch of motherfuckers who didn't deserve it. And now what? Now you're stuck there with all these stories and an embarrassed like clam. No, build that clam up. Mm-hmm. Let's make it the clam jam. Clam jam. Oh, yes. I want rhythm. a sound of some queeshing then for the clam jam. Anytime we have like clam. women coming together to empower themselves and own 
the fact that we have vagina power, we need like a queesh sound, but I don't know what it, oh, it, oh, I know it could sound like a flood, like a water flood. Yeah, let's let's stick away, from, like let's stay down. away from trumpets, uh, from oh. anything booming. Booming, it should be soft and squish, <laughs> and like, and squishy, but like a, sure. like, like a, like a, like a nice relaxing trickle of water sound. Yeah, yeah, like something very zen. Okay. Okay. I'll find that. So uh, your next question is actually from... Um, Let's make this our last question. Yeah, this is your last question. It's a, it's <laughs> a, it's a, a deep one. Okay. And this is from a male, um, a male fan, actually. So let's mix it up. Ooh, Dumbledore. I just like the name Dumbledore. I, I, I don't know how many kids... Have, like when Obama became president, there was a whole bunch of kids that named themselves Obama, which I think is bold and dope. Whatever, like put the power in your kids. But did anybody name themselves Dumbledore? Because Dumbledore is like sick. It, I, like you think it's a dumb name because it starts with dumb, but then all of a sudden you get like Dumbledore. I like know. it sounds like there's bass in it. And there's like only three syllables, but it sounds like there's five. Yeah, right, right. right? It's a, it takes up space. I'm going to go on Instagram and look up Dumbledore just to see if anybody named themselves Dumbledore. But I, no, because a kid that would name themselves Dumbledore is like five I, years I, old. I, if I were to have kids, I'd name my kid Gandalf. I also think oh, that's a great name. actually. That's a great name. Gandalf already sounds super hot. I know. Imagine like, yeah, I mean, I don't and want to picture Gandalf, sexualizing born, my children. But. When he's born and if he looks a little different, like he's not like, he's not aesthetically the public. Yeah. If he's kind of all, but if he, if you give some, if you give him some balls and confidence, Gandalf sounds hot, even if he had like one eye. Yeah. yeah I, oh, dude. And actually, that's actually, that's, okay, so this is random, but I, 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 I'm, on the fence about having kids. I don't think I'm going to have kids. But one of the small little like fears I've had is what if you have a kid that's not cute? That's she's the solution. Saying, she's saying what everybody fears. So the solution would be to name your kid something that so, sounds so fucking ferocious and gangster that no matter what that kid looks like, immediately all you got to do now is equip the kid with mad confidence and, and mad intelligence. And Gandalf, no matter how he looks, with one leg, one eye, or really bad teeth is going to be sick. Yeah, or born with a beard, you know, whatever it is. Okay, so what's the question? All right, so your from last Dumbledore. question for, from Dumbledore. Um, so, long story short, I cheated on my wife. Oh, God. I embarrassed her badly, and I want nothing more than to do right by her. Oh, really good way to own that number one fact. Mm -hmm. I know I should have done that to begin with, but I did what I did. It's my fault. I was wrong. I still love her and want no one else but her. My question is, should I give up or keep fighting to prove to her that I have and can change and can do right by her? Or should I let her be? Okay, so Dumbledore, I am glad that you recognize, number one, that you embarrassed her. And I want to say when it comes to my life, all the things that traumatized me, in some way, shape, or form embarrassed me. So that is a trauma. So what you did to this person you love is you now put in their timeline an area of trauma that could affect them in their future relationships or their trust issues or their thought process or their sleep patterns. Just you have to own that. So I, I just want to paint to you what this person is now going through as this has happened. Everybody knows that when you get cheated on, it's the worst because the whole point of being in a relationship is to be able to be vulnerable. And this part I'm about to say, as I just turned 40 and I'm now in a relationship and I'm realizing the number one thing we all want in life, yeah, sure, it might sound like money, it might sound like being married. No, actually what we want is to feel safe. 
We have a job now in order to stack up money to feel safe later on. We fall in love and get married because we want to find that person who will be with us unconditionally to feel safe. The friends you have right now, the real ones that you would call over to spend Friday night with you are the ones you know that would make you feel safe. They're not talking shit about you on the way out the door. They're going to defend you when you're not there. So you broke that safety. So I'm glad that you already own that there's a chance this person's not going to be with you because that is a really hard thing to come back from. But at the same time, what I'm telling you is your number one job if you want to try to win this back, is how do you make this person feel safe again? It is possible, but that has to be something you can define. What does that mean to you? Right now, I need you to really sit down and reflect on all the areas of your relationship where you know you made her feel safe. Maybe it was a secret you told her. Maybe it was a secret she told you. Maybe it was a moving of it moving in together. Maybe you stood up for her in some way. Um, and... See if there are ways that you can really amplify those areas to make up for this huge breaking of the bubble that you've caused. When you're real with yourself to acknowledge whether or not you're committed to overtime work to rebuild this bubble for this person, then you have to sit down and have an honest conversation with her to first empathize with what you've done. Nobody wants to sit there with a person who's cheated on them and to hear like, I fucked up. So what can I do? Can I be around you more? Can I like put a ring on it? Can I? No, you actually want to listen to them and explain to them what you've now done to them so that you can empathize with the damage that has been done. Then you also want to shut the fuck up and listen to them and listen to why now this has changed their life or their emotional pattern, right? So that you really understand and feel it. I think after those two things are done where you really hear where this person is is coming from, I think then you can explain how committed you are to try to rebuild this and why. Why is this important to you to try to rebuild this? Why are you dedicated and what does that dedication mean to you? And then most important after that is to back away and give this person entire space to really decide if they want to give you another chance um, and if you deserve it. Um, so you don't want to be in his or her face. You don't want to be in their face constantly trying to prove your case because now you're just doing this for you. You want to tell this person, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know right now about what I'm realizing is my mistake, tell you what I want to do to fix it, and then I'm going to back up and just give you your space and you tell me when you're ready and I'm here to see if we can make this work and no matter what the answer is yo if you said that you love this person treat the end result with love that's most important dude because what I learned from my divorce is you truly know a person when they don't get what they want don't be that guy don't be that guy be unconditional in your actions from the beginning to the end that was beautiful quished Queached as as hell. Yo, that was my first podcast. Like that's this is crazy. I want to thank every single person who came to visit. Listen, honey, this is a podcast again. You're going to be entertained. We're going to learn together, and you're going to be stronger and better after my podcast. That's the dopest part. It's like I bought you new heels after every podcast because all of a sudden you're standing taller and you look flyer. So you're welcome for that extra queached moisturizer I just applied on all of you guys. GMI out. See you at the next podcast. Bye, honey.
Thanks for tuning in to Listen Honey. And don't forget, subscribe from wherever you're listening to. And please let me know what you thought about this. Like, real talk. I want to hear exactly where your comments were from your Apple somethings. I'm an Androider. So I would honestly just comment on Spotify. Um, But you can review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thank you so much. I hope you come back. Come back soon and bring a friend next time. Bring all your homies. Listen to me on, like, Alexa. And then have some drinks. Okay, bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.